0: We are in Lekut HaSichas, and we will be learning the fourth Sicha and Parsha Shmos. And the Sicha relates to the Psukim in our Parsha. Towards the end of the Parsha, where the goal is getting greater, the Jews are suffering much more, and Moshe and Aaron come to Paro and tell him to send the Yidden out. Paro seems very annoyed. And he tells them, "Why are you disturbing the Yidden from their work? Lachulasiv lo seichem. go to your own business, go to your own work." The says these words. The King of Mitzrayim says to them, to Moshe and Aaron, "Why would Moshe and Aaron be disturbing the Yidden from their work? lo seichem. go to your work, go do your own business." And Chazal say here. He says specifically the words, to your particular work, to your own unique work that you are doing. He doesn't say go work or go do the things that have to be done or go, as it says later, to their work. But he says, obviously, a different work, not the difficult toil and labor that the yidna are experiencing, but rather something that's uniquely theirs. And here we learn, according to Chachamim, that Shevet Levi, the Shevet of Moshe Aaron, was free from this difficult work, and they did not have to be involved in it at all. Here the Ramban remarks that it is customary amongst all the nations to have scholars, leaders, who show the people the way. This is where all societies have it. And therefore, Paro separated Shevet Levi from the suffering of Mitzrayim, because Shevet Levi are apparently the elders and the leaders, the wise men, for the yidn and when paro said sivlo go to your work what is your work your work is to go and learn torah with yidn in other words paro's complaint to moshe and Aaron is it should be enough for you that you are free from the toil and labor of the other yidn you are able to study torah on your own and you study Torah with other yidin. So why do you have to get involved in other things not related to Torah? We have laws in our country. We have a certain system, and it's not your business to get involved with that as far as the yidin are concerned. You should appreciate the fact that you can take time to study Torah with them. So we begin to understand a little bit about what Paro was saying. According to the Zohar, it says that Mitzrayim was a very smart nation. It possessed a lot of chokhmah. As a matter of fact, the Zohar says they were wiser than all the other nations in the world. And Paro himself, we learned, was extremely great. He was a very great chokhmah, a very wise man. And if we think about it in terms of how the world thinks, what Paro was saying really had some kind of value according to the rational way of thinking because according to the nature of the situation in Mitzrayim, it would be impossible for anyone to be freed from Golos. As they tell us, no servant, no slave was ever able to escape from Mitzrayim. So there was no way the Yidden would be freed from their labors and their toils. And apparently this seems to be what Hashem wanted because Hashem had said to Abraham that the Jewish people would be in Golos and Mitzrayim for 400 years. And this is exactly what Paro was saying. Are you planning to change the nature of things? Are you planning to change the ways of your God? Go study, go do your business, and let the Jewish people do whatever they have to as far as the land in which they dwell is concerned. So what do we say over here? That really this seems to be a just complaint. However, the problem with this is that this complaint or this way of thinking is the way of thinking of Paro. This is how Paro thinks. And if we would accept and yield to his way of thinking, it says that we maybe would not have gone out of Mitzrayim at all. We would have missed out, as we know that when the Yitn left Mitzrayim, it, was it would be in a way that is very rushed, because once the time came for them to leave, they could not remain there even an extra moment. Even as long as it takes to blink an eye. And if that would have happened, they would not have gone out had they had to remain there a second longer. And only, this became possible rather, only because we followed the way of thinking of the Ebishtar, Hashem's way of thinking, Moshe's way of thinking, and not the way of thinking of Paro. So now let's stop to think. Indeed, if we think about how things work in a natural way, in a normal, rational way, maybe Paro would be right. They're in his land and they're subject to his rules. But the Yidn are not really bound by the limitations of Sehul and not really bound by what goes on in the world, by the nature of things. And therefore, even though there is a Golos, and the Golos is for 400 years, but the Ga'ula actually came earlier. As we say, I think we say this in the Haggadah, it's brought on everywhere that Hashem delayed that case. Hashem sort of jumped over it and skipped some of the time that we would have stayed in Mitzrayim, and we went out earlier. So in the next part of the Sikha, the Rebbe tells us what is the practical lesson for all of us. That a Yid is not supposed to think like this, I'm a good Jew, I study Torah, I take care of myself. Not only do I take care of myself in terms of my obligations as a Yid, but from time to time I teach others. So why do I have to be so concerned with what another Yid is doing? Is it really my business to be concerned if another Jew is performing a mitzvah or if Chas isn't? Is it really my business to think if the other Jew is using all his energies in the service of Hashem or in the service of the law of the land for material things, is this really up to me as an individual? So here we learn that this is really the same approach that Paro has. Paro says to Moshe and Aaron, go to do your work. For you it's enough to do your thing. Why are you so concerned with what other Yid are doing? This is not the way a Yid is supposed to think. And Moshe and Aaron, therefore, did not accept Paro's words. So just like in the, if we have a situation, and we see chas that there is a fire burning in the house of another Yid, nobody is really going to stop to think, do we have to do something about this? Is it our job? How can I mix into somebody's life? Every person has their own way of living. Everything is set up from above. Everything is with Hashgachah of Hashem. So why should I mix into what Hashem is doing? But everybody knows quite clearly and simply that anyone that sees a fire burning doesn't start having a whole give and take, a whole discussion, a whole debate. Is this the right way thing to do? Or should we follow a different view? The first thing you do instantly, you run, and you try to help put out the fire. So this is the situation for regular people when we are dealing with things in our world, things of olam hazeh, things that can go wrong, where someone is in danger, and we know we have to run to help and save them without much consideration if we should do it or if we shouldn't. How much more so, the Rebbe says, if we're dealing not only with physical material life, life in this world, we're dealing about life in the future world and life in this world together because by a yid these two are combined and we have no right really to start making calculations and start making taking stock of what we should do and what we shouldn't do to save another yid from falling into the pit falling into the trap of not knowing what he's supposed to do as a yid and as we get to the conclusion that ever refers to a vart, which we learned from the Friyed Uke regarding the relationship of the Baal Shem Tov to other Yidden, And he says that the obligation of Avasi's role is not is to every single Yid, according to the Baal Shem Tov, even a Yid who you don't know personally, but the love has to be to every single Yid, wherever that Yid might find himself or herself, in any part of the world and this love is not just the ahafta and you should love with whatever limitations may apply, but it's kamocha. You have to love the other person like you love yourself, just like we love ourselves without setting any limitations, so too we must extend our love in the same manner to another yid. And here the Fiddikarabba says that the he was taught by it's it's told in the name of the Alte Rebbe that the Richard Magid wished that if only he could kiss the Sefer Torah with the same kind of love and dedication that the Baal Shem Tov, his Rebbe, his teacher had for another Yid. And the Alte Rebbe add, added in the words of the Magid, in the name of the Magid, that if the Baal Shem Tov, while he was in this world, knew how much he was accomplishing by being the car of another Yid, by bringing another Yid close to Yiddishkeit, close to Torah and Mitzvot, the way he knows it now, he would have done it in a completely different manner. In other words, there is no limit to what could be done when we extend ourselves for another Yid. And this kind of loving, another Yid, to love another Yid as we love ourselves, has to be expressed exactly in the way it's to ourselves. And therefore, it's L'chul as Paro said to Moshe and Aaron, "Your business is to study Torah." So a yid who finds himself within the walls of Torah, within the world, the world, the world, the, wor- the, wor- the words of tefillah, of davening, a yid finds himself that he's performing mitzvot and leading a proper Jewish life. He has an obligation to extend himself in that area to another yid. And being that sometimes this is difficult. So we learned the Maimer Chazal, where Chachamim tell us, in the Gemara, Hashem does not come with demands upon his creatures that they are not capable of fulfilling. So it is certain that all the kochos, all the abilities, all the powers we need to accomplish this, to reach out to another Yid, we have all those abilities. We only have to know that we have to act upon them and not procrastinate and not put off this work for another week or another day or even another moment because it's possible that this moment that we would catch and do what we have to would really be crucial to how much longer we will have to remain in Chas v'shalom or how much, how much more quickly the ge'ula will come. We have to take advantage of every single moment that comes our way to reach out to another yid to be able to bring the ge'ula closer. And with this, the Rebbe concludes that this is the lesson, this is the hora that pertains to all those that are within the world of Torah, including also students in yeshiva and also all other yidn who are living a life of light, a life of Torah, that when we see that pertaining to another yid, their spiritual status is not the way it's supposed to be, it's not enough to think, well, I'm okay, and that's really, I have to take care of myself. But if we think about the fact that all yidn together compose one complete body, so we know that when something is wrong, with part of a body, the whole body suffers, the whole body is not at ease. So similarly too, if we have to talk about completing the Torah mitzvot that we have to do, perfecting it, if we do it only for ourselves and we don't reach out to the other Yid, not only is the other Yid lacking in what has to be accomplished and the blessings that it brings, but all of the Jewish people together are lacking. And that's why if we go to the end of the Torah, close to the end of Chumash Devorim's Parsha, we usually read the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah where Moshe gathers all the Yidin they're all gathered there before him before he leaves this world and he says these famous words you are all standing presently here today together in the presence of Hashem your God the heads of your tribes and he lists the different levels of Jewish society All the way from the head and the top leaders to the woodchoppers and the water carriers, every single Jew is included and everyone is standing together. So the Rebbe says when we take all the soldiers and they are parading before the king, so they're just ordinary soldiers. But if one of the soldiers appears to have something lacking, perhaps one of the buttons on his uniform is not properly polished, the problem is not so much with the soldier as with the chief officer who was in charge of these shoulders, of these soldiers, excuse me. Why did he? Why did the leader? Why did the general? Why did the officer not teach the soldiers how they have to polish their buttons in the way that is appropriate for a soldier who was standing before the king. It's the one who knows who is responsible, even more so than the individual who has to be taught. And therefore, we have to know that when we are all standing at it's not only that we're demanding from the people who are maybe on the seemingly lower level of society, the simple woodchoppers and the simple water drawers, but on the contrary, the ones who are responsible are rachechem shivtechem, the heads of the tribe, the leaders, those in charge those who could guide and teach, that they will not be able to explain before the king uh, why are the buttons not fully polished by some of the simple soldiers. This is really the obligation of the leaders. And to say that we were too busy, the leaders will say we were too busy with our own thing, we were doing very important things. That will not work. And when Yidna will conduct themselves in this manner, like ekoma achas shlema, like one complete body, all of them together, just like in a body, all the parts of the body are joined together. It's one body living from one source and all yet together with their heads and with all the other extensions that come from a body. As it says in the post, again, we'll repeat it. The heads of the tribes, so the woodshoppers and the water carriers, they all become one. As we say in the davening on Rosh Hashanah, All Jews become one, one group, one body. So this, of course, will ultimately lead that we merit to do, as it says in those same words, This is what we say, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that all of us will unite together. Hashem, to do your will with a full and complete heart. And this fact that all Yidden will unite together and be responsible for one another and love one another and extend themselves to one another in all matters that concern them and not be concerned only each one with our own needs in terms of the Ruchnius and in terms of the Nashmius, this will lead ultimately to the coming of Mashiach Well, not only will we be one, but it will be revealed re- deal to the entire world. Hashem echad, there is one God. His name is one, one name. It's all one. May we merit to experience this speedily in our day. Thank you.